Gospel according to St. John, the 5th chapter. I want to look at verses 5 through 10. Uh, and I want to lift that out for your reading, for your hearing. Gospel according to St. John, chapter 5, verses 5 through 10. This is one of the men lying that had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been healed for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said. I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else gets a, someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. Instantly the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. This miracle happened on the Sabbath. So the Jewish leaders objected. They said to the man who was cured, you can't work on the Sabbath. The law doesn't allow you to carry that sleeping mat. The law doesn't allow you to carry that sleeping mat. I want to tag this text for our thoughts and our encounter this morning about this way, don't become distracted by the water. Don't be distracted by the water. A few years ago, I was assigned to pastor church in a rural setting, and uh, after slavery was over, uh, there was a plot of land set aside for the black folk to worship. And on that plot of land, they built a Methodist church, a Baptist church, and a Presbyterian church. And, and the three churches shared the land with their building and separate buildings as a group cemetery. And while I was at this church, uh, when they became comfortable with me, uh, a few of the elder men, elderly men talked about the experiences of their parents in the field. Even though these groups came to the same plot of land to worship, they, they said that there was some tension between the Methodists and the Baptists. They said that tension was that as they were hoeing in the field, as they were reaping and planting seeds in the field, the, the Baptist folk would shout out to the Methodist folk, y'all don't use enough water. Inferring that because we baptize folk by sprinkling and pouring. That there's only one way that one can truly have a relationship with God, and that is if they are totally immersed in water. And so I, I, I want us to think this way. Don't become distracted by the water. Because a whole lot of folk begin to think that it's the water that makes our relationship with God what it is. 
But if we were to investigate the scriptures when we find the charge to baptize, it's not about the water. It's not about the substance of how much water is involved. But the essence of baptism is to be immersed in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. And then somebody else said that if you're baptized, it's not the water, but it's the name of Jesus Christ. And so it's not the water. But like this man by the pool of Bethesda, we, we get caught up in the water. So much so that we write the song, or you heard the song, or you may have heard it, that asked the question, have you been to the pool? Certainly, Lord. Certainly, Lord. Certainly, Lord. And then they asked the question, have you got good religion? So it connects this thought that if you have gone by the pool, then you must have some good religion. But I suggest today that there are a whole lot of folks that have been by the pool that have bad religion. So I want to investigate this thought today as, as we find this man. And we look at this man, and some of us, if you look good enough, you'll see yourself. As a man laying by a pool, waiting for something to happen in your life. But you find out that when you, like this man, are so concentrated on the pool, and you have no idea what you really need, you, you realize that you're in a bad place. You're, you're in a bad shape when you, you look at the pool and you think about your life. Because here it is, this man has been in a bad place for a long time. The text says that he's been dealing with the same issue for 38 years. Now, now we know some folk who got some issues. But if I know church folk like I think I know, we talk about folk who's been dealing with the same issue for as long as this man has. We talk about folk. If you ain't got your life together yet, it's been 38 long years, hasn't it? Haven't you figured it out yet? This man's been dealing with the same issue for 38 years. He's been by the pool. And, and, and as the text reveals, it looks like he had, been give, he had given up hope. It, it looks like that he, he allowed his issue to break him down because the text says when Jesus saw him and he knew by looking at him that he had been in that shape for a long time. I, I know we can look at some folks. Until they've been messed up for a long time. We, we can look at some folk and see that they have given up on changing their situation. We can look at some folk. Yeah, come on. See that they have lost hope. We, we can look at some folk. Right. And see that they've been in some bad place, been a, a bad place at a long time. But it ain't just us looking at folk. Right. Some folk can look at us. Yeah, right. They can see that we've been in bad shape yeah. come for a long time. We, yeah. We've been in a bad place and then here it is, this man is frustrated because he's dealing with the issue. He's dealing with this inability to walk. He's dealing with this crippling, immobilizing issue. But that ain't all he's really dealing with because he's gone as far as he can go. The text says, John starts out by saying that it's a festival going on. It's one of the big Jewish celebrations going on. And here this man is at the pool of Bethesda because he can't go into the temple. Because he has an issue. Yeah. 
Now, I know some of y'all won't be bothered if you can't go to church. But this man's issue kept him out of the building. The building where it's presumed that the presence of God is. He couldn't go in because he was dealing with an issue. There's a whole lot of folk that can't make their way through the doors. That can't cross the threshold of the doors because they... They see themselves and they see their issue, but more importantly than that, they're worried about the folk in there who will tell them you don't belong in here because you got an issue. He's on the outside looking in and he's wondering about all these folk who keep going in and coming out talking about how good God is. And all he can think about is I've got this issue. He thinks about the fact that I'm going through this issue. I've been dealing with the same issue for 38 long years and he's depressed by the fact I can't get to the water. He doesn't realize where he is. You see, a whole lot of us, when we're dealing with issues in life, when we're struggling with issues, when we feel like things have gotten a hold of us for a long time, we forget where we really are. Let me tell you what the text says about where this man with this issue is. He's at a he's sitting on a porch by a pool in a place called Bethesda. If you don't know a little bit about the front porch, let me help you out a little bit because if you ever sat on the front porch, you can look outside the porch, outside the ram or the shelter, and you can see when the strong winds blow, when the rain begins to fall, you can look over your head and you see you got something covering you. Keeping the elements, keeping the things that are around you from getting you worse off. He's in the he's out on the porch. He doesn't realize that he's covered even when situations around him get rough. When the storms are raging, he's got a covering over his head. When we got issues, we forget where we are. He's by the pool. Uh, I'm going to come back to this in a moment, but he's by the pool. When you're sitting by the pool, you heard Jesus talk about the wind. You can't see. You can feel it. But you can't see it. But when you're by the pool, when you're by water, you can see what the wind is up to. Some of y'all will catch it after a while, but when you're by the water, you can see when the, what the wind is up to because there's waves that take place. Because there's wind by the waters. And so he knew how to look for God. Because the text says in one version that whenever the water was stirred up, that whoever got down in the water would be healed from their issue. He, he knew how to look for God. But he was so caught up on the fact that he couldn't get to the water that he forgot how he learned how to look for God in a bad situation. Then he's at a place called Bethesda. He's sitting on the porch at a place called Bethesda. Now, now I know that doesn't mean anything to you right now, so let me explain it another way. He's sitting out on the porch of the front door of the house of mercy. How many folk are dealing with issues in life? And they fail to realize that they're at the front door of the house of mercy. And, they, and because
They just simply don't knock on the door. They don't think that if they knock on the door at the house of mercy, somebody might answer. If they knock on the door at the house of mercy, the Lord might pick up and the Lord might open the door, but because we don't know where we are, we don't knock. This, this, this man is at a point in his life where he's ready to give up and many of us are like that so we hadn't heard all that John had to say. Chapter 5 doesn't happen in a vacuum. Chapter 5 follows Jesus' interaction with Nicodemus. Nicodemus, the leader of the Jews who came to him by night, said, we know. We know all about you. We know who you are. We, we know you've been sent from God. Jesus tells Nicodemus that you must be born again. And he says to him, you must be born of water and, and, and spirit. So we think that if we get one part together, we, we're set. But you've got to be born of marvel not. Don't, don't think it's strange that I'm going to tell you, you've got to be born again. But then in chapter 4, Jesus goes on and he says, I have needs to go by. Samaria. And while he's on his way, and while he's sitting at a well in Samaria, a, a woman comes to the well at noon. And I know you all live in Texas, so you know what happens at noon. It gets hot at noon. It, it gets muggy at noon. But here this woman, he is coming at the most difficult time of the day. Yeah. She has an encounter with Jesus. And Jesus says to her, God wants folk to worship him in spirit and in truth. Yeah. So now we get to chapter 5. With this lame man who's been dealing with this issue for 38 years. Yeah. Sitting by the pool of Bethesda. Some of you, if you look in your Bible, there's no chapter, there's no verse 4. Uh, verse 4 was added to the text much later. And it complicates our understanding of the text primarily because it inserts a clause. It's, it's there to explain the man's position in verse 7, but it introduces to us a clause that says, whoever gets there first gets healed. That complicates things for us because the text in its original sense doesn't suggest that it's only the first one that gets healed. This is simply to address the fact that the man gives up after somebody else gets there. Why do I pause then and I, I slow down? Because a lot of us think that if somebody else gets blessed, that we can't get it anymore. If God gives something to somebody else, that means that God has run out of supply, so God can't give it to me. This man, when he sees that somebody else gets that, he stops going. This man, when he sees that God has healed somebody else, he stops. 
Can I ask you a question? Why is it that we in the church, when we see what God is doing for somebody else, we stop rather than going on? Because if God can do it for you, surely God can do it for me. But this man stops. But this man also believes that, uh, that his healing is tied up in the water. That I've got to get to the water. And because he's thinking that I've got to just get to the water, if I can just get to the water, I know everything, all these issues that I'm dealing with in life, all of it will be worked out. If I can just get to the water. So Jesus stops by the man and he begins to talk with him. And this man sees Jesus and he's hoping that Jesus will help him get what he really wants. Let me, let me take my time here. Some of us, some of us, we attempt to use Jesus as a way to get what we really want. For some of us, Jesus is only a way to meet what we think we need. But let's examine the mindset of this man for a moment who's been having the same issue for 38 years. It's not just that he has an issue. He's around folk with issues. When you're around folk with issues, and you see you have an issue yourself, you begin to think that if you can just make it just a little bit further, then you'll be all right. If you can just make it a little bit further, if somebody would, this is what the man tells Jesus, I don't have anybody else. I, I, I know what I need, but there's nobody I can call on to say, help me get to this pool. Because if I can get to the pool, I know my issue will be dealt with. But can I tell you something about this man's confession to Jesus that we might learn from this man how to deal with our issues? This man had to realize that I've got an issue that I can't handle myself. And I think many of us struggle because we got issues, but we think that it, we can take care of it ourselves. We think that our finances might be straightened out if we work just a little bit hard. We've got issues. And we think we can take care of it ourselves. We, we think our families might come in order if we just spent a little more time. We've got issues. And we're trying to take care of them ourselves. But this man, who you'll find out later, he doesn't know who he's talking to. This man who doesn't know who he's talking to has to confess to this man he doesn't know who he's talking to that if I just had some help, if I just had some help, I might be able to make it where I need to go. But here Jesus asked him a question. That he's asking us today. He said, do you want to be made well? You know, a lot of folk don't really want to be made well. A lot of us just want handouts. But Jesus asked him a question. Do you want to be made well? 
essence of what Jesus is asking him. You've got to consider what's missing in your life. Too many of us come not realizing what's missing in our lives because we don't look at what's missing in our lives. We aren't trying to get well, but when we sit down and we think about the fact that there's something, there's a hole in my heart that only God can feel. It's then that we get well. So something happened. At the moment that Jesus asked him this question, he, he, it begins to stimulate in him something. A desire to get well after dealing with this issue for 38 long years. Now I've got a desire to get well. Because it, it jumps in the text if you read it. He tells Jesus, I don't have anybody to take me to the pool. And then the text jumps. And so Jesus said to him, stand, take your bed, and walk. And immediately, he was healed. Jesus told him to stand. Jesus tells a man who has been lame for 38 years. A man who has not stood up. In 38 years, a, a, a man who has woke up day after day and all he could do is crawl to his destination. Jesus yeah. says, stand. Yeah. Yeah. It takes tremendous faith for us that when God tells us to do something and yeah. we don't believe and we can't conceive the fact that it's possible. Jesus says to a man who hasn't walked in 38 years, stand up. Can, can we read into the text one moment? Because what happened in this man's life? That after he tells Jesus, I don't have anybody to help me get to the pool. That Jesus could tell him to stand up and he stood up. He doesn't know who he's talking to, but I want to suggest to us today that if we want to have this kind of faith, we've got to put some stock in the word of God. Now I can make that leap because John has a unique twist on the gospel. John has a unique perspective on the gospel because he starts out his gospel by saying in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. This man doesn't know who he's talking to. But we know who he's talking to. And John wants us to know that if you want to change your situation, you've got to believe that God is able, that when God tells you, get on up, that even though you hadn't done it before, that if you take God at his word, it can happen. You've got to believe what God has said to you. I'm troubled in this passage. I've got some conflicting issues in this passage because we've told ourselves all the time that we ought to take our burdens to the Lord and leave them there. Here he is with an encounter with God and he has this issue. 38 years, I hadn't been able to walk. But the Lord doesn't tell him to leave his baggage. For somebody else to deal with. A lot of us want other folks to deal with our stuff. And so we take great delight 
and leaving our baggage behind. But Jesus says it's not just enough for you to take God, take me at my word and, and get on up. But you've got to carry your baggage. And John helps me to understand why Jesus will tell a man he made whole to carry his baggage with him. John says it was the Sabbath day. Those who objected to the fact that he had been healed said it is against the law for you to carry your baggage. Remember Nicodemus came to him and Jesus told Nicodemus you got to change the way you think about God. Nicodemus when Jesus said you must be born again, Nicodemus said how can a man when he is old go back into his mother's womb? Jesus says you've got to change the way you think about God. Then in chapter 4 this woman at the well said we worship on this mountain. And your ancestors worship over there at that mountain. And Jesus said now is the time that you've got to rethink worship. It's not about what we're used to, but it's about what God desires. And so we get to chapter 5. Jesus heals this man that has been lame for 38 long years. And he tells him to carry his baggage. He says to him, you've got to change the way you think about God and worship God. It's the Sabbath day. The command was to remember the Lord. Remember all that God has done for you. And worship the Lord in, in the spirit of holiness. Worship the Lord. Yeah, yeah. Remember what God has done for you. But I, I think too many of us leave our baggage. Yeah. When we come to worship God, that we have forgotten what God has done for us. We have forgotten that God is the one who has healed us. God is the one who has dealt with our issues. We left yeah. our baggage. Yeah. We just went on. As if our baggage didn't exist. It's not just enough for us to stand up and to pick up our baggage. But Jesus said to him, walk. You can't get stuck where you are. And so as he moves forward, as he goes, Jesus finds him. He, 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 he didn't just go home. I, I, I want you to catch this now. He didn't just get his fix and go home. But the text says Jesus found him in the temple. He said, I've been dealing with this issue for so long that now my issue has been dealt with. So I can go to the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. He carried his baggage to the house of the Lord. He carried his baggage to the place where he expected to meet God. He carried his baggage to the Lord's presence. When you carry your baggage to the Lord's presence, the people came to him and asked him, who told you to carry your bed? Who told you that that's the way to worship? 
about God to carry your baggage? And he said, I don't know. It was the one who healed me. I don't know anything else, but I just know that my life has been changed. I, I just know that the issue I was dealing with has been resolved. And so he's there in the temple with the knowledge that his life has been changed. But he doesn't know who changed his life. So when we walk, we have to think about who it was that fixed us up. We have to think about who it was that made a difference in our life. That Jesus came and showed himself to him. Said, I'm the one who fixed you up. I'm the one that took your broken self and made you whole. I'm the one that took your sick self. Made you well. I'm the one. And the man could have kept it to himself. But we find two things that happen when he finds out who made him well. Jesus said, go and sin no more. There are a whole lot of folk claiming that the Lord has made them well. But when they leave here, they've been so stuck on the water that they leave here wet down. He says to him, go and sin no more. In other words, Jesus is saying to us that when we know that the Lord has fixed us up, when we know that the God has made us right, when we know that God has dealt with our issue, holiness is an option. You've got to leave here and sin no more. You've got to leave here in right relationships with folk. You've got to leave here. Get in your house in order. You've got to leave here thinking right. But then the man went back to them same folk who asked him, who told you to carry your baggage? Who told you that it didn't take all that? Who told you that you ought to sit down and shut up? Who told you not to carry your luggage? Who told you not to not carry the reminder of your issue? And he told them it was Jesus, the one who has made me whole. When Jesus has changed your life, you don't mind telling folk, I know, I know it was the Lord. I know what a wretch undone I was, but when Jesus, when I know it's Jesus, I've got to tell somebody, we can't afford to be silent. The hymn writer said, what a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. I have joy in my soul for which long I have sought. Since Jesus came into my heart, for 38 years I've been by this pool looking for joy. And I hadn't found any, but when Jesus came into my heart, I've got joy that floods up. Then it says, I have seeks from my wandering. 
which were many, have all been washed away since he came into my heart. God is able to clean us up. It's not the water, but it's Jesus. He's able to pick us up. Then him writer said, I'm possessed with a hope that's steadfast and sure. I felt like giving up. I felt battered. I felt worn. I felt defeated. As I laid that way for a change. But now I have hope that can't be shaken since Jesus came into my heart. I've had some dark days. I've had some weary nights. I've been troubled sometimes. My soul has been heavy. But no dark path of doubt. You do remember when he said to me, stand. I didn't ask any questions. But I just stood up. Because he said, no dark path of doubt can block my pathway, can make me shake and change my course of action. No, dark way, because I took him at his word. Since Jesus came into my heart. Don't let the water distract you. Keep Jesus from coming in your heart. As we stand to our feet, there might be one today. Who's been struggling with an issue? Struggling a long time. Been frustrated because there's nobody else that will help you. Struggling because it seems like the more you try to get ahead, the further behind you get. Frustrated because it seems like God has forgotten you for 38 years. Been dealing with the same issue. Folk look at you and wonder what's wrong. You look at yourself and wonder what's wrong with me. But when Jesus looks at you, he's asking the question, do you want 